Good morning. Today is Monday, June 29th, 2020. Today we commemorate, it's the feast day for St. Peter and St. Paul. Our readings for this morning are Psalm 66, Ezekiel 2, 1 through 7, and Acts 11, 1 through 18. We are no longer strangers and sojourners, but citizens together with the saints and members of the household of God. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Creator, to set forth God's praise, to hear God's holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation. And so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship God, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by God's infinite goodness and mercy. God of all mercy, we confess that we have sinned against you, opposing your will in our lives. We have denied your goodness in each other, in ourselves, and in the world you have created. We repent of the evil that enslaves us, the evil we have done, and the evil done on our behalf. Forgive, restore, and strengthen us through our Savior Jesus Christ, that we may abide in your love and serve only your will. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, let our mouth proclaim your praise and your glory all the day long. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. Our God is glorious in all the saints. O come, let us worship. Come, let us sing to God. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise to God a shout with psalms. For you are a great God. You are great above all gods. In your hand are the caverns of the earth, and the heights of the hills are yours also. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee, and kneel before God our Maker. For you are our God, and we are the people of your pasture, and the sheep of your hand. Oh, that today we would hearken to your voice. Our God is glorious in all the saints. O oh, come, let us worship. Psalm 66 Make a joyful noise to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of God's name. Give to God glorious praise. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. Because of your great power, your enemies cringe before you. All the earth worships you. They sing praises to you. Sing praises to your name. Come and see what God has done. God is awesome in their deeds among mortals. God turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the river on foot. There we rejoiced in God, who rules by their might forever, whose eyes keep watch on the nations. Let the rebellious not exalt themselves. 
Bless our God, O peoples. Let the sound of God's praise be heard, who has kept us among the living and has not let our feet slip. For you, O God, have tested us. You have tried us as silver is tried. You brought us into the net. You laid burdens on our backs. You let people ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water. Yet you have brought us out to a spacious place. I will come into your house with burnt offerings. I will pay you my vows, those that my lips uttered and my mouth promised when I was in trouble. I will offer to you burnt offerings of fatlings with the smoke of the sacrifice of rams. I will make an offering of bulls and goats. Come and hear, all you who fear God, and I will tell what God has done for me. I cried aloud to God, and God was extolled with my tongue. If I had cherished iniquity in my heart, God would not have listened. But truly, God has listened. God has given heed to the words of my prayer. Blessed be God, because God has not rejected my prayer or removed their steadfast love from me. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Ezekiel, chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. God said to me, O mortal, stand up on your feet, and I will speak with you. And when God spoke to me, a spirit entered into me and set me on my feet, and I heard God speaking to me. God said to me, Mortal, I am sending you to the people of Israel, to a nation of rebels who have rebelled against me. They and their ancestors have transgressed against me to this very day. The descendants are impudent and stubborn. I am sending you to them, and you shall say to them, Thus says God, Whether they hear or refuse to hear, for they are a rebellious house, they shall know that there has been a prophet among them. And you, O mortal, do not be afraid of them. And do not be afraid of their words, though briars and thorns surround you and you live among scorpions, do not be afraid of their words, and do not be dismayed at their looks, for they are a rebellious house. You shall speak my words to them, whether they hear or refuse to hear, for they are a rebellious house. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle Q, A Song of Christ's Goodness Jesus, as a mother, you gather your people to you. You are gentle with us as a mother with her children. Often you weep over our sins and our pride. Tenderly you draw us from hatred and judgment. You comfort us in sorrow and bind up our wounds. In sickness you nurse us and with pure milk you feed us. Jesus, by your dying we are born to new life. By your anguish and labor we come forth in joy. Despair turns to hope through your sweet goodness. Through your gentleness we find comfort in fear. Your warmth gives life to the dead. Your touch makes, makes sinners righteous. Gracious Christ, in your mercy heal us. In your love and tenderness remake us. In your compassion bring grace and forgiveness. For the beauty of heaven, may your love prepare us. 
praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Acts chapter 11, verses 1 through 18. Now the apostles and the believers who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also accepted the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him, saying, Why did you go to uncircumcised men and eat with them? Then Peter began to explain it to them, step by step, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. There was something like a large sheet coming down from heaven, being lowered by its four corners, and it came close to me. As I looked at it closely, I saw four-footed animals, beasts of prey, reptiles, and birds of the air. I also heard a voice saying to me, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. But I replied, By no means, God, for nothing profane or unclean has ever entered my mouth. But a second time, the voice answered from heaven, What God has made clean you must not call profane. This happened three times. Then everything was pulled up again to heaven. At that very moment, three men, sent to me from Caesarea, arrived at the house where we were. The Spirit told me to go with them and not to make a distinction between them and us. These six brothers also accompanied me, and we entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen the angel standing in his house and saying, Send to Joppa and bring Simon, who is called Peter. He will give you a message by which you and your entire household will be saved. And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them, just as it had upon us at the beginning. And I remembered the word of God, how God had said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave them the same gift that God gave us when we believed in Jesus Christ, who was I that I could hinder God? And when they heard this, they were silenced. And they praised God, saying, Then God has given even to the Gentiles the repentance that leads to life. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Let us affirm our faith together. We believe in God, the nurturer and teacher, from whom is named every family in heaven and on earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, begotten of divine love, who lives in our hearts through faith and fills us with that love. We believe in God, the Holy Spirit. She strengthens us with power from on high. We believe in one God, source of all being, love incarnate, spirit of truth. Amen. Hear our cry, O God and listen to our prayer. Let us pray. Our Creator in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your dominion come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the sovereignty, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen.
I think we'll use a litany for healing from Enriching Our Worship Volume 2 as our prayers today in place of the suffrages. We haven't done that in a while, so. We're on page 30 of Enriching Our Worship, Volume 2. Let us name before God those for whom we offer our prayers. Let us offer our prayers for God's healing, saying, Hear and have mercy. Holy God, source of health and salvation, hear and have mercy. Holy and mighty, wellspring of abundant life, hear and have mercy. Holy immortal one, protector of the faithful, hear and have mercy. Holy Trinity, the source of all wholeness, hear and have mercy. Blessed Jesus, your holy name is medicine for healing and the promise of eternal life. Hear and have mercy. Jesus, descendant of David, you healed all who came to you in faith. Hear and have mercy. Jesus, child of Mary, you embraced the world with your love. Hear and have mercy. Jesus, divine physician, You sent your disciples to preach the gospel and heal in your name. Hear and have mercy. Jesus, our true mother, you feed us the milk of your compassion. Hear and have mercy. Jesus, son of God, you take away our sin and make us whole. Hear and have mercy. Jesus, eternal Christ, your promised spirit renews our hearts and minds. Hear and have mercy. Grant your grace to heal those who are sick. We pray to you, O God. Hear and have mercy. Give courage and faith to all who are disabled through injury or illness. We pray to you, O God. Hear and have mercy. Comfort, relieve, and heal all sick children. We pray to you, O God. Hear and have mercy. Give courage to all who await surgery, we pray to you, O God. Hear and have mercy. Support and encourage those who live with chronic illness, we pray to you, O God. Hear and have mercy. Strengthen those who endure continual pain and give them hope, we pray to you, O God. Hear and have mercy. Grant the refreshment of peaceful sleep to all who suffer, We pray to you, O God, hear and have mercy. Befriend all who are anxious, lonely, despondent, or afraid. We pray to you, O God, hear and have mercy. Restore those with mental illness to clarity of mind and hopefulness of heart. We pray to you, O God, hear and have mercy. Give rest to the weary and hold the dying in your loving arms. We pray to you, O God. Hear and have mercy. Help us to prepare for death with confident expectation and hope of Easter joy. We pray to you, O God. Hear and have mercy. 
Give your wisdom and compassion to healthcare workers, that they may minister to the sick and dying with knowledge, skill, and kindness. We pray to you, O God, hear and have mercy. Uphold those who keep watch with the sick. We pray to you, O God, hear and have mercy. Guide those who search for the causes and cures of sickness and disease. We pray to you, O God, hear and have mercy. Jesus, Lamb of God, hear and have mercy. Jesus, bearer of our sins, hear and have mercy. Jesus, Redeemer of the world, hear and have mercy. Compassionate God, you so loved the world that you sent us Jesus to bear our infirmities and afflictions. Through acts of healing, Christ revealed you as the true source of health and salvation. For the sake of your Christ who suffered and died for us, conquered death, and now reigns with you in glory, hear the cry of your people. Have mercy on us, make us whole, and bring us at last into the fullness of your eternal life. Amen. Almighty God, whose blessed apostles Peter and Paul glorified you by their martyrdom, grant that your church, instructed by their teaching and example, and knit together in unity by your Spirit, may ever stand firm upon the one foundation, which is Jesus Christ our Savior who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. O God, the author of peace and lover of concord, to know you as eternal life and to serve you as perfect freedom. Defend us, your humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in your defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. I feel like we should have a collect for Mondays. There's one for Fridays and there's one for Saturday. Mondays are tough, man. Oh, dear God, you have brought us to this Monday. It is hard ending the weekend and the time with our families and going back to our workplaces. And also, we are grateful. We are grateful for our work. And we pray for those who do not have work or who are not paid fairly in their work or for those and for those who are abused in their workplaces god we pray for we pray for work everywhere that all may have work in which they are valued fairly compensated and fulfilled we pray all this in the name of your son and our savior jesus christ amen Let's, let's pause here and have a moment. Um, actually, I'm going to take 10 moments 
of silence. I'm, I'm really trying to work something through. I feel like I'm kind of on the cusp of something with our readings today. So I'm going to pause the recording. I, um, I invite you to do the same. And I am going to have some silence. So dear God, I invite you into this sacred space. I am thankful for your beautiful liturgy with which we prepare this sacred space. We open the conduit for your message, for deeper knowledge of you, for a sinking even more deeply into your love, dear God. By the name and power and grace and love of Jesus Christ, I pray protection and grace over these moments of silence with you, that you and only you may speak deeply into our hearts. Amen. So that silence felt good this morning, didn't it? Um... Okay, let's talk about let's talk about our readings. Um, so these three really fit together for me today. Psalm sixty six speaks of remembering God's salvation, remembering what God has done, and holding on to. The ways in which we can see in hindsight what God has done for us, I think is really critical to being able to get through the trials of the present um, with more grace. Because when we are able to look back and say, man, uh, that felt like I was in the middle, middle of the waters of the Red Sea during that moment. I just felt like I was drowning, but God did carry me through that. And although I, I, I didn't know it then, or I couldn't see it then, I can see it now from a distance. So just like I can see that from a distance now, I am sure there will be a point in the future where I can see what God is doing for me now in this present moment. Our Hebrew scripture reading from Ezekiel, I really paused this morning um, and dug into that a bit. So I think this is one of those times when it's really, it, it's really illuminating to know a little bit about the context of the writer. So both Ezekiel and the editors of the book of Ezekiel. And I think in the case of all writings, but particularly in the case of Holy Scripture, the editors are just as influential as the author. So both Ezekiel and also Ezekiel's editors were, um, were priests. And they were very much um, influenced by 
the rites and rituals of their priesthood. So they definitely bring that to bear in, in the writing of, of, of Holy scripture, particularly, um, they were, I guess you would say not really members of, but proponents of the holiness school. So this took, um, what we call the holiness code from Leviticus and expanded it to include many other portions of the five books of Hebrew scripture known as the Torah or the Pentateuch. And they were believers in something I need to research a little bit more, but um, what my commentary and, and again, if you, um, if you want to know what commentary I'm talking about, I read the readings and then also I often read the commentary from the fifth edition, fully revised and expanded new Oxford annotated Bible, which is a new revised standard version with the Apocrypha and is an ecumenical study Bible. I was introduced to it by a mentor of mine who teaches theology at Tulane. And I'm very thankful for it. Um, it really gives a great perspective and, and jumping off place. <laughs> it's also the reason that, that sometimes I take a long time with morning prayer and then wish I could spend the whole day researching a particular text. But what I think is really striking um, from our reading from Ezekiel this morning is that it strikes me that Ezekiel is looking for a way to reconcile the fact, and, and I got a lot of this from the commentary, um, but looking for a way to reconcile the fact that the theology of his temple, and by that I mean not just the physical temple, but temple in the way that we would say church, right? So his his theological belief system placed Jerusalem at the center of the faith world, um, the holiest place on earth and holiness spread out from there. And the way that holiness was spread was by following the holiness code or actually greater even than that, um, following the holiness school of thought. And because the Hebrew people were a particularly divine, sacred, and holy people. They were the, the spreaders of holiness. Um, and they were supposed to be particularly favored by God because God dwelt there in Jerusalem at the temple. Um, so you kind of think of that as the center and then everything else in concentric rings, like out from it. But, to, and, and so they were supposed to have God's favor and in a sense, prosperity. But instead, the, during Ezekiel's time, the
the Hebrew leaders were exiled and Jerusalem, particularly the temple, was destroyed. So how do you reconcile that with being God's favored people? Well, Ezekiel turned to what my commentary describes as the vassal's covenant, and that's the piece I need to research a little bit more. Um, but I, I'm thinking um, of this as the covenant between God and the Hebrew people and it is the covenant covenant like between a lord and a vassal and that's that's part of why i really try to stay away from lord as title for god not only is it incredibly gendered but it sets up the relationship in a way that i think is less than it could be we are not we are not made divine by following a set of rules and i think we can have so much empathy for wanting a set of rules to follow and particularly in Ezekiel's time so let me kind of circle back to to where I was going um, with the reconciliation of the theology of, of his context and the events of his day. So the thought process there is, well, then the Hebrew people must somehow be to blame. They must have broken the covenant that they had made with God um, because God would never break God's promises. So we must have reneged on our half and... Hence, the incredible um, tragedies and the incredibly difficult situation in which our people as a whole, particularly the leaders of our faith, find themselves. And that sounds kind of familiar, doesn't it? Um, even today, we, we do this. We do this both personally and we do it institutionally. I, I talked about it a few weeks ago with you guys that... Um, even as the victim of persecution, I was trying to find some way in which I was blaming myself and thank goodness for, um, my very wonderful friend who helped me understand that that is like psychologically normal because things feel so out of control that even if we're finding fault with ourselves, which is damaging in its own way, we're at least, we feel like we're getting some kind of control because if we caused it through our fault, then we have control over it. And so I think that's exactly what Ezekiel is doing here. And, and that is not to say that it is not good to follow the way of holiness, but I think that way itself is not through obedience and fear or a servant to master relationship, 
but it is through love and through the relationship of cooperation and co-creation. And when we get to our reading from Acts, I think this really speaks to it, that it says very plainly or, or describes very plainly in Acts how um, the Gentiles are the focus here um, and, and the writer is explaining how the Gentiles came to be baptized and part of the religious community. Some scholars describe this as, or the event that um, the writer is describing in Acts as, um, and, and, and describes repeatedly, I think this is the second time in Acts, but at any rate, um, as the baptism of the Gentiles. And, but I think the message for us today is pretty clear that we are made holy by God. It is the Holy Spirit's residence within us. And I think this is important in relation to Ezekiel too, because it recenters the source of holiness in Christ and in the Holy Spirit, which if you'll remember from other texts or other, um, <laughs> other, um, New Testament scripture readings that Christ ascended to heaven and left us with the Holy Spirit. So the, the Holy Spirit dwells within us and the apostles, when they bring the message, the Holy Spirit descends upon the people or another way to say it might be the Holy Spirit activates divinity within those people and they are connected to and know God and have this incredible um, awakening, um, a holy awakening and, and, and um, are baptized with the Holy Spirit. So this then is the way to holiness. It's the way of of Christ and of love and of connection with God in and through the divine within us. And when terrible things happen, it is not punishment for our sin. Sometimes terrible things happen through our sin as consequence of our sin. And I, I would hazard to say that, you know, all terrible things can be, can be 
traced back to the misuse of free will um, to act in a sinful way. But reconciliation comes through Christ. And I think that this is particularly important for us today because there are definitely, um, I think there is a special temptation and I believe that it is counter-inspirational. It is not of God, but there is a particular temptation to view earthly prosperity as evidence of God's favor and thus God's blessing. And hardship as evidence of God's anger and then if you follow the spiral down of our sin and wrongdoing. And I think this is really related to, um, to racism and the other <clears throat> sinful isms in our country's history and current context. Just as we <clears throat> blame the recipients of hardship for that hardship, this, this messed up causality. We must have some, done something to incur this, in Ezekiel's case, exile and destruction, or in our modern times, um, poverty and disenfranchisement. So, so also do we blame blacks for the effects of racism in essence, blame blacks for racism itself. It, it's, it's really messed up. Um, and, and you see it too in, in some current religious thought about the state of the world and the state of our country that the reason we are not more prosperous, the reason we don't just win everything and, and winning in, in, in very earthly terms, right, that we attempt is because we, a nation, have sinned. And, and some, and this is just as abhorrent, I think, as blaming blacks for racism, would even say that, that, that the, um, the social justice that we have worked in our country that has enabled um, what ground we have gained for blacks and women and other minorities and particularly the LGBTQ plus community 
is is bringing um, judgment and thus whatever the antithesis of, of prospering is, um, hardship and trial upon the nation as a whole. And this is, this is so messed up and so wrong and brings us so far away from God. <clears throat> we have got to, I think, <clears throat> tear down this faulty theology along with so many other things that need to be torn down, um, in, in our time right now, um, Because this is an impediment. This is one of those stumbling blocks we talked about a couple weeks ago. It's an impediment. It's a blockage to the flow of God's love, which then blocks justice and, and true righteousness and holiness. And this is the sin. So I pray for for us all, that any wrong theology, any sinful thinking that is getting in the way of our pursuing the way of love, our holiness as a people, as all people, created in and by the divine, in whom the Spirit resides who are in a beautiful relationship with God anything which blocks that flow of love that becoming holy that relationship may it be removed may we become awake and aware. Lead us, God. Lead us in this way. Be with us through this process. And let us be reconciled to you. Amen. God, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console. To be understood as to understand. To be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned. And it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved Son that when two or three are gathered together in Christ's name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O God, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, 
granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless God. Thanks be to God. Glory to God whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Glory to God from generation to generation in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. We live without fear, for our Creator has made us holy, has always protected us, and loves us as a good mother loves her children. We go now in peace to follow the good road, and may God's blessing be with us always. Amen.